So we've come up to verses 10 and 11, and we could break it down this way. Verse 10 speaks of the source of your gifts, which is God's grace. And verse 11, the goal of your gifts, which is God's glory. So we move from God's grace to God's glory. It's quite a privilege. And we need to understand the source of our gifts and the goal of our gifts in light of the teaching of God's word. So we could break it down this way if we were to summarize it. Because the source of your gifts is God's grace, the goal of the use of them is God's glory. Because the source of your gifts is God's grace, the goal of the use of them is to be God's glory. And so that's what we're looking at this afternoon. The source of our gifts, which is God's grace, and the goal of our gifts, which is God's glory. So first of all, the source of our gifts. Where do our gifts come from? Well, we have to look at the scope of God's grace in this verse. Then we look at the purpose of his grace as we move on in the verse. And finally, the stewardship of God's grace. The scope, the purpose, and the stewardship of the grace of God. First of all, the scope of God's grace. We see that this verse talks about each one having received. The fact that we have received these gifts points to God's grace. And then each one has received a gift. It says, as each one has received a gift. That's a pretty wide scope. That's a pretty wide statement. In other words, every single person in the body of Christ has received a gift from God. That's the wideness of his grace. And then the fact that we have received them means that we haven't earned these gifts. These gifts come as a result of God's grace to us. We have received them. You, we can't, it's not as though we can say, well, I'm glad that you saw that I'm worthy to receive this gift and then feel like we're better. No, it's actually God's grace being the source of our gifts points us to his grace, points us to the one who gives these gifts to us. The Corinthians were very accustomed to comparing themselves to one another and comparing different speakers and rating them on their rating scale. But the Apostle Paul writes to them in 1 Corinthians 4, verse 7, and he writes this, For who makes you differ from from another? And what do you have that you did not receive? Now, if you did indeed receive it, why do you boast as if you had not received it? You see, what grace does, when we realize that we have received these gifts, grace rules out boasting and pride we recognize that it's something that we have received from God. You know, the word gift and the word grace are actually related in Greek. God's gracious to give us these gifts. And that's why those two words are related, gift and grace. So we've seen the scope of God's grace. It's, it's uh, wide. It's... Uh, pointing us to what we've received. And now we realize that there is a purpose 
to God's grace as we move on. What is God's grace for? As each one has received a gift, minister it to one another. Here's the purpose. The purpose is to minister to one another. Now, we think of the word minister, and sometimes we think of someone that wears a tie, stands in a pulpit. That's a minister. But the word minister that's used here is actually a word that means to serve, as in waiting on tables. It's the word from which we get the word deacon. So this is having to do with serving. That's what God's grace teaches us to do. That's the purpose of his grace, to teach us to serve. And so grace that's given to us, designed to be uh, for serving, is a stewardship. It's given to us as a trust. The verse goes on to say uh, that we are to minister to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Stewards of God's manifold grace. Now, a stewardship is something that is entrusted to you, that you're supposed to handle. And we have all been entrusted with these gifts. That's what the Word of God is saying. It's not only that God is gracious to you, it's that you have been entrusted with gifts. You have been made a steward of them. They have been given to you, not to hold on to, not to admire in the mirror. You know, some people like to go to the gym and they seem to spend more time looking in the mirror than they spend, you know, actually working out with the weights and work at the YMCA. What is the purpose of your lifting? To admire yourself in the mirror? Or to get stronger so that your bones are stronger at the end of your life? But sometimes we view the the gifts that we've been given in the body of Christ that way. We view them as something that is designed to make us feel better, admire ourselves, uh, look at how worthy I am because I received this gift. But look at how the Apostle Paul puts it in 1 Corinthians 4 and verse 1. He says, Let a man so consider us as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Now, he says in the next verse that that someone who has a stewardship like that has to be found faithful. When you're entrusted with something, you need to be faithful to it, especially if it comes from God. If God is the one who's entrusted you with this. And that's why when the book of Titus deals with officers, it uses this very same language. Titus 1 verse 7, where it says a bishop must be blameless as a steward of God. Not self-willed, not quick-tempered, not given to wine, not violent, not greedy for money. We could spend a lot of time thinking about those, those statements. But a steward of God, that's what the officer is. And so it's important that we realize that we have been entrusted with something. This is a stewardship. It's a trust that has been given to us. The purpose is to minister to one another. Uh, each one has received a gift, but they have received this gift uh, as uh, has been entrusted to a, to us. Now, the word good there is important. Good stewards, it's a word that means excellent. A very good steward, someone who's, who's carefully stewarding the thing that you've been given. But we should spend a little time on the word manifold. Stewards of the manifold grace of God. That's quite a word, that word manifold. It's a word that has to do with variety the kind of word that uh, 
makes you think of a prism that takes light and breaks it out into all of its colors. God's grace is like that. It's given and it's distributed in a variety of ways for the church so that we can be called stewards of these various gifts. Now, I've been going to the park with my dog and I've been taking pictures in the park because the fall leaves are turning and there's some striking colors. But you know, it's not always in, only in the autumn that we see a variety of colors. If you look carefully at the grass, you see that there are different hues of green. If you look carefully at the ocean, you'll see that there are different hues of green, of blue, and uh, in the sky as well. Or if you listen to a symphony, you can hear various types of sounds. You can hear how sounds differ from one another and stand up against one another. And this is the way that we are to think about the gifts of God that have been given in the church, manifested in various ways, a variety of gifts. When God saves us, he gives us at least one gift to be used in the service of Christ. When we have, my brother was a pastor in Germantown, every year when they had the congregational meeting, he used to preach from this passage, and the title of the sermon was Grace is Forgiving. Grace is for giving. It's for serving. It's for using other these gifts to serve others. In other words, the gift isn't our own property. We've been entrusted with it. We are to use it to serve one another. Stewards uh, in the time in which this letter was written used to be in charge of training children in a master's household. That's quite an, a stewardship to be entrusted with someone's children to train them. That's quite a stewardship. And so we need to think about the, these gifts that have been given to us, but we also need to recognize that they are manifold. They are variable. They, they come in different ways and they're, they have different facets to them. We are to appreciate the manifold grace of God just in the same way as we would appreciate a symphony or the colors changing in the fall. In the, the next verse, verse 12, we're going to begin to read about fiery trials. And that's some place where we would like to have a little bit of latitude to choose. Maybe I would like to choose my trial this year, Lord. But we can't choose our trials. And we can't choose our gifts. They're given by God. They're given to us by God. And they're given to us for the purpose of serving. They are designed to encourage others and to cause them to grow. And the church as a whole is blessed. So we've looked at the uh, source of our gifts. And we've seen that uh, they are wide in scope, that they have a purpose to minister to one another. There's a stewardship, a trust that's given to us. These gifts are are variable. Uh, but now we look at the goal of the gifts. What is the goal of the gifts? Well, verse 11 tells us it's God's glory. That's the goal of the gifts that we've been given. If anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it as with the ability which God supplies, that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belong the glory and dominion forever and ever. You notice how that verse ends up. It ends up with a doxology of praise to speak 
of God's glory. And that's how we would think about our gifts. The goal of our gifts and the use of them is to be God's glory. And that's a quite important principle because we can understand God's grace and we can rest in God's grace and we can see how variable it is and we can see how it helps us to serve. But God's glory is to be our basic motivation in the use of our gifts. So we have speaking gifts at the first part of the verse, serving gifts as we move on, and then the statement of glory, uh, uh, the glory of God, the God of grace. And so we have these two different categories of gifts here. They're, they're given to us in verse 11. They're speaking gifts. If anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. If anyone ministers serving gifts, let him do it as with the ability which God supplies. Speaking and serving. The first category is speaking. You should speak as a spokesman for God. Now, we often think of the person who brings the word of God as, as a spokesman for God. But what we need to realize is that there's a broader statement here. This is a statement about gifts that are given to all of the people in the body of Christ. There's this particular role for those who, who uh, proclaim God's word, but God's word is given by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gives God's word and it's living and active. And the unbeliever doesn't know God's word the way that you do because you've been given the Holy Spirit. A simple verse, uh, as I was reflecting on uh, this passage, that we know that an unbeliever doesn't know in the same way is this one. Perhaps it might ring a bell. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. I submit to you that there are levels of understanding of that verse that you have because you have the Spirit, because you have been given the Spirit of God. And when you speak those words to an unbeliever, you're speaking to them as the oracles of God. This is what God says. And what God says actually defines our existence. If you know that God loves you so that by believing in him, you will not perish but have everlasting life, that gives you perspective. It gives you a perspective on your life a perspective that changes the way that you deal with trials, the way that you live the course of your life. Everything that you face in life is different because of the Holy Spirit-given understanding of that verse that you have. And how do you know that that verse is true? It's because God says it. These are the oracles of God. This is what God says in his word. And you understand it because of that. And so when you speak, you should speak as someone who has a perspective because of God's revelation, because you have access to the oracles of God. But also uh, in serving, it says, uh, if anyone uh, speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. If anyone ministers or serves, let him do it as with the ability which God supplies. The ability that God supplies. In other words, God will give you the power to use your gifts, the power to serve, 
despite our weakness. It would be the strength, the ability that God supplies. You know what Jesus says? Apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from me, you can't serve. Apart from me, you can't serve in the right way. You won't serve with the right motivation. You won't serve with the right goal, God's glory. You won't really recognize God's grace. But if you serve with the ability that God supplies, all of that comes into place. You begin to serve with the goal being God's glory. You begin to serve ministering to one another as grace is teaching you that you've been given a trust. And as you know that uh, many people in the body of Christ, in fact, each one has received a gift. You look for the variety of them and you begin to appreciate the gifts of God. And when other people use their gifts, it begins to encourage you to use your own. You see, that's how God has built the body. And that's why this passage in Romans 12 was important because it was speaking about the fact that we being many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. And then we have gifts and we are to use them. Prophecy, ministry, teaching, exhortation, uh, giving, leading, and showing mercy. Those are just some of the gifts. 1 Corinthians 12 has a whole list to add to that. The word of God gives us gifts and explains them as these gifts are, are given by means of the Holy Spirit. But one of the most important factors here is the goal, what we're really driving towards here. And that's why it's very stunning that Peter ends this sentence in this way. In fact, it's something that occurs in the letters of Paul. And sometimes people read these letters and they think, well, he's concluding the letter because it looks like he's just giving a doxology. It's the end. But it's because this is God's grace giving these gifts and they are designed for God's glory that the apostle Peter, by means of the Holy Spirit, breaks into a doxology. If anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it as with the ability which God supplies that for this purpose, that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belong the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. You see, one of the most important aspects of the use of your gift is who is glorified in the use of it. Glorify God in your service. Jesus is building the church for the glory of God the Father. In fact, the book of Philippians tells us that uh, that is what's going to happen. Uh, and the uh, first Corinthians tells us that at the end, uh, Jesus will uh, give over the kingdom to the Father. It's for the glory of God that these gifts are to be used. And that's why this, this doxology is quite important. It's something to meditate upon. In all things, that in all things, God may be glorified. How is that going to take place? That God will be glorified in all things. Well, we're already given the means through Jesus Christ. God can be glorified in all things through Jesus Christ. That's the reason that Jesus was given to the church, that God would be glorified in all things. This is one of the things that Jesus Christ has come to accomplish. 
to whom, that is, to Jesus Christ, belong the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. He has the authority. To him belongs the glory. But God is not in the business of just simply looking in the mirror. God is sharing his grace and he is giving gifts to the body of Christ in order to demonstrate his manifold grace. And God is allowing people to speak as the oracles of God. He's allowing people to minister with the ability that he supplies so that in all things he may be glorified through Jesus Christ. That's quite an undertaking, but God is ready for it. In fact, this is the reason that you have received these gifts in the first place. So, as we have learned, the source of our gifts is God's grace, and the goal of our gifts is God's glory. And because the source of your gifts is God's grace, the goal of the use of them must be God's glory. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for the glory that you are bringing about in all things through Jesus Christ. And we are awestruck. We are stupefied. We are amazed that you would use our speech and our service to bring glory to yourself. And we are amazed as we consider the fact that you have given the gift to every single person in the body of Christ that they might minister to one another. And we are reminded and we are sobered by the fact that we are called stewards of your grace, that we are those who are entrusted with your grace. And we are impressed with the fact that your grace has such variety, that you have given grace to people in the body of Christ in order to serve in very unique ways, in ways that differ from one another, in ways that can be broken down into categories of speech and service, but that are different according to the individual and according to the need. And we are again reminded that you have done all of this so that you would be glorified through Jesus Christ in all things. And so we ask for wisdom, that we might see the source of our gifts, that we might see the goal of our gifts, that we might see how wide your grace is, that we might see that we have received these gifts, that we might see the purpose of them to serve, that we might be those who are sobered by the fact that we have been given a trust. We ask that you would give us the ability to see the variety of of the gifts that we've been given and to work for your glory through Jesus Christ. And it's to him that we acknowledge the glory and the dominion belong forever and ever. In Jesus' name, amen.